0: It's go time for the Athlete Fix Podcast, helping you help others win at life. Introducing your friendly neighborhood host, JG. Okay, so hey guys, welcome back to the Athlete Fix Podcast. I'm joined tonight by the dynamic duo, the one and only, aka <laughs> Physio tutors. Kai and Andreas. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. Thanks Thanks for having us. us. So before we even get started, I totally, sincerely want to commend and congratulate you guys on, one, all the success you've had, all of the invaluable content that you're spreading out there for, for, for budding clinicians, helping everyone from student physios to to uh, physios in the field all over the world so you should be commended absolutely for everything you're doing so hats off to you guys
1: thanks top our thanks a lot yeah
0: no worries so I thought we would start off with and could you just give us a little bit for those who aren't familiar with you a bit of background on who you are and uh, what you're doing and all that kind of stuff
2: sure yeah should I start yeah yeah so yeah I'm Andreas I think people Know me as one of the hosts from Physiotutors. I'm 24 years old, originally from Germany. Um, did all my education there. I spent six month, months in the U- uh, in the US during high mm-hmm. school, but I think yeah, initially after high school, after I graduated, moved to Amsterdam to pursue studies in physiotherapy and been here ever since. Now for five years, started Physiotutors during that time, and now I'm on your podcast. Cool.
0: Yeah,
2: what about you, Kai? Yeah, I am uh, 31,
1: so uh, I'm the older one, <laughs> and um, I studied economics and IT in Germany for, it uh, was like ages ago, I think that was in 2005, started working for a big company. Uh, yeah, didn't like it too much, or I wasn't passionate about it, and um, then I went traveling and I made a switch to physio. And I think it was mainly because I was uh, playing as a high-level soccer player back then and oh, wow. uh, so I kind of yeah, experienced physio on myself a lot yeah. and uh, I decided that's what I want to do. So then I also came to Amsterdam, started studying and um, never regretted it. Then, so, uh,
0: so you're both originally from Germany, then, before yeah. you moved over yeah. to Amsterdam.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh wow! So when so when did you guys meet then? Had you already met when you were in Germany, or was it wasn't it till then you moved over to Amsterdam?
1: Yeah, in, in Amsterdam when we started studying, basically yeah. from day one. Yeah, yeah, I think uh,
2: it's you know it's always the same because in our in our program we had I think when we started over 20 nationalities, something no. like that. Yeah, in a group of 80 or 70, 78 people. Twenty nationalities uh-huh. so you know you kind of at first first week you kind of group with people from your own country and there were yeah. a couple of Germans m- amongst us and uh, I think from there on we were sort of a duo you know doing yes. all exams together uh, and yeah. gr- group work and this of, of course and
0: uh, yeah teamwork makes the dream work
2: exactly um, yeah
0: and um, so then so at what point so you, you, so you did, you did your undergrad together, and you're doing the the, the manual therapy masters together as well, right? Yeah, no. yeah. And um, so, at what point did you guys get that spark and the idea to start physio tutors? Um,
2: I mean, if you check if you check on YouTube the, in the about tab, you'll see that the channel exists since I think twelfth of December two thousand and twelve, something like that. So that oh, was,
0: it was 2012. Is 2000, it? Yeah, oh, I, I, op- I
2: opened the channel in <laughs> 2012, and that it's pretty much at the end of semester one of our en- undergraduate studies.
0: No way. Right.
2: Um, I don't really remember what the reason was why I then back then had you know the the idea of physio tutors in mind and, and opening a channel. Uh, the first activity, first upload was sometime down in 2013. Um, and I think the story that we tell is uh, that it started when we have this peer tutoring program in our school where sec- yeah. if you, once you're a second year, you can once a week take care of a group of first year students and kind of practice skills and, you know, talk ah, on a student to student basis and no. give them the, some tips maybe. Um, and it's also an elective credit, but you have to write a report to, in order to get the elective credit for that. And then we were like, okay, what if we just upload videos on the content that we cover in those classes and upload them to YouTube so that our group of students can then again recap on what we did in those sessions. And uh, we never Perfect. did that either. <laughs> we, <laughs> never got, we, we never got the credit, um, Brilliant. but Brilliant. <laughs> it oh. didn't matter, you know, it evolved into something bigger than that.
0: Uh, absolutely absolutely oh that's so cool so so um so you obviously um the the, the content with physio students has, has grown exponentially um and must consume a, a huge amount of your time so it, it, what's the time sort of split between content creation and you know seeing and treating patients that kind of thing
1: um, can you repeat a question
0: yeah, so all i want, all I was after really was that like Andreas was saying before that, you know, f- physio has started to become more of a, a sort of full-time deal for you guys. Are you are you still sort of uh, um, working like in clinical practice, assessing, treating patients, that kind of stuff, and uh, what's the uh, sort of time-wise between those two things?
1: Yeah, it's, it, it has basically become a full-time job, but yeah, um, yeah we're doing several things. So we're doing our, our part-time masters in manual therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a three-year masters uh, at the same time then we were guest lecturers uh, at our former school last year yeah um, and what I'm going to do now is uh, from yeah most probably September on I'm gonna work in practice one or two days that's at least the plan and then yeah okay. it's but, but but time-wise we basically yeah Thanks. that's yeah. That, that's the max that we can uh, possibly cover that's a, that's yeah. a lot yeah <laughs> it, it is a lot but uh i mean yeah as long as you enjoy it it's 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 still great yeah. Yeah. i wouldn't want to change uh 100 so, no.
0: 100 um cool okay so so you start so you started physio chooses 2012 and it's been going strong from strength to strength ever since then but i'm really curious what was the what was the was there anything in particular that um uh that has um inspired you to i know you mentioned about like how it came to be initially but has anything inspired you to continue it and keep it going like what's the fuel that keeps it going
1: i don't know if there was like a specific milestone but yeah I think in the beginning we never thought about like really cr- or we just started because we thought it would be beneficial for the first year students but then at one point you see that yeah people other people from other schools and from other countries start to follow you yeah. so that's a f- I and I can't really like remember what yeah what the milestone was but then you start to realize that it actually has potential to grow into a to a really cool thing yeah and i think last year was uh last year summer was the point at which we decided that we really want to take it to the next level because it was going well but we had so many ideas and and no time so much to do during (laughs) our studies and and uh, during other things that we decided to just go full throttle And uh, to improve even more and put out more content, and I think that's also when it really took off.
2: Yeah,
1: I think. Oh, sorry. Yeah, if I can add
2: to that, I think, um, of course, it started during school, and I think also it was sort of, uh, yeah, people didn't take it seriously. Or when once we started to take it more seriously, people thought, yeah, this is a joke. I think that's (laughs) at least the the feeling the feeling that, that I got during it. Um, oh, and, shooters, and, all right. yeah, yeah. Uh, especially because yeah. you're students right you're a student um, but of course you you're excited you, you get 100 subscribers at some point and you're like yeah. all right there's 100 people who are like okay i want to see more of that and yeah. i subscribe to that yeah, and yeah. uh yeah then then you expand you start facebook you start instagram and uh, people start you know liking your content and uh, yeah. I think that's the motivation is day in, day out. You know, you wake up, uh, I check my phone immediately and see what's happening overnight. And <laughs> you see, you know, yes, <laughs> subscriber count grows. Now it's going down because it's the summer and nobody wants to do something for school. <laughs> um, was a study. Um,
0: <laughs> Everyone's a holiday. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: But usually you, you just see growth and uh, it's also not, you know, I want ten thousand Instagram followers, and that's where I stop. You know, once you have yeah. ten thousand, you're like, okay, let's go for twenty, and then yeah, and so on. Got to,
0: like, got to keep yeah. aiming higher, right? Yeah. And so and and you know, like on that on that note, is that I you know I when I watch the the, the videos, I have a quick scroll through the comments, and it, I've seen some some really heartfelt messages on just how impactful. Your content has been whether it's helping somebody through an exam, um, yeah. and they they've got nothing but praises to say about you guys. And honestly, because there's so much, you know, there's almost like people are inundated and overwhelmed with the amount of content that's on YouTube and on social media, especially with special tests. But the quality is so is so variable, yeah, massively. And I I can't remember when when it was when I first came across you guys. But what I would say is that it, it definitely it definitely jumped out and stood out amongst the plethora of, uh, uh, the mass of special tests and assessment videos that, that were already out there. Oh. And the quality, uh, even in, uh, I mean, I didn't know it was as early as 2012, but even like when I look back at the earlier videos, the quality hmm. to begin with was was still in my mind, was still really I, good. I, I cringe oh, <laughs>
2: really? uh, uh, but yeah it's because because you know i'm i'm sort of concerned with the tech aspects of, of physio tutors so uh, yes, i think yes, yes. you're always a little bit more hard on yourself than maybe other people are or your my standards on, on what i want to this to be maybe they're a bit higher uh, but yeah that's 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 exactly why also one of the reasons was why we started because as students back then yeah, you learn a shit ton of tests, right? Can I say shit on your podcast? Oh. Well, you just have. So. Yeah. Right. No, no, it's all good. It's no. all good. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, fine. Yeah, we, lo- we watched so many videos, or we were looking for videos, because you, you, know, you have your shoulder module, and then you learn 13 different tests, and yeah. they're called Hawkins Kennedy. Who's this guy, and how is it done? And then you yeah. go on YouTube, and you type, and yeah, you, there was no... No consistent source, right? There were channels who had one video of the Hawkins Kennedy test and maybe another test of their dog, uh, not, not a test, a video of their dog, you know, but the Hawkins Kennedy test that they filmed in class uh, from, you know, the back row on their phone, poor lighting, and it's 13 seconds long, has 200,000 clicks because it was uploaded in 2006. Um, no. And then you have other channels who have maybe 30 videos all on physio, but it's not what you're really looking for. It's uh, yeah. There was either there were two extremes, good content, bad audio visual quality, and vice versa, where you had yes. great audio, oh. great lighting, oh. but it wasn't what you're, you were looking for, right? It was yeah. either then a video of 10 minutes of a whole shoulder exam, but you just want the Hawkins-Kennedy test or a near test and then also the framework of the videos we weren't satisfied with that because yeah Yeah. you gotta trust it and trust maybe can be conveyed by how you portray yourself how Mm -hmm. it looks but the content you know what's the source where do you get the information from Uh. if i want to learn more how can i get to the information that you're using right and nobody was doing that and then we we thought, okay, even though we were in second year, you know, I got a camera. We have a pretty big living room, and then we found the treatment bench behind school because they were throwing out treatment tables, and we just fixed it up. And uh, that's there pretty you much go. Then how we started, right?
0: Where where are you guys right now?
2: In, Amps- in our this this is like the, the set back here.
0: This is this is it. Wow. Yeah. So wow. pretty
2: much what happens is our living room transforms into into our set. We move everything towards behind you. Yeah. And uh, we put up all the four lights and close all the curtains. So it's completely dark and then yeah. we film here.
1: So, so, so in all the videos, you can still see the carpet on the floor. Yeah. That's that's how you know it's an old video. <laughs> that's brilliant.
0: Uh, I never in a million years would have known that it was being
2: filmed in the living room. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's, that's amazing. People think we're kidding.
1: Yeah, that's, when, when that's what everyone, that. everyone is asking, like, in which practice we film. But it's, it's such an advantage for us that we can just film at home because it's easy and quick and you can just get up, grab a cup of coffee and it takes like five minutes to prepare, and then you're good to go. Like, yeah, it's such a time advantage as well.
0: And now I'm never going to be able to stop noticing the carpet now
1: that
2: you've <laughs> it. <laughs> but that's that's only in like only in, in, old, in old the old the videos. videos. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Um, cool. Well, that's probably a, a really good uh, segue into. Um, so obviously, and, and the one the the other the, uh, big differentiating factor I notice. Um, and um, uh, uh, I, I think especially like what you're mentioning Andreas, um, about like the perfectionism and wanting to have, you know, um, very high quality content, but also as we all know that assessment techniques and special tests are all, not all created equal. Mm-hmm. And you, there, there's never any mention of anything to do with, you know, likelihood ratios or validity reliability mm-hmm. of any of these special tests. So at first glance, you know, for the for the novice clinician, you go, "Oh right, uh, I've no idea how, you know, what the uh, what the validity of this test is." But mm. I've seen more and more so over time as 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 time's gone on, and the content has progressed. Is that you always speak to um, the, the the clinical utility of these tests, and then what the evidence is actually saying about them? So my question then is that how has your how has doing physio tutors change the way or influence the way that your, well, your clinical practice?
1: No. Do you want to answer me? Yeah, um, I think what we said is it, it increases your awareness of how powerful or not powerful in most cases special <laughs> yeah. testing is because I mean if if a special test would be everything to diagnose um, a certain pathology then basically everyone could do it, right? You could just look yeah. up a test on YouTube on our channel and oh. you would be able to just diagnose something, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 just one tool and you have to be aware how good the tool is and, and you know, nothing can replace a good anamnesis, patient history and your clinical reasoning. So at the end of that process, you come up with one or several hypotheses and you want to make them more or less likely that's that's all i think this is where special testing comes into play and some tests are better than others and you as a good clinician you should be aware uh of the statistical values of a test as well
2: mm-hmm. yeah
1: just just because of their ability to alter the post test probability of your hypothesis so yeah and yeah and there's just so many tests out there that are not good but we are also trying to cover them to increase the av- awareness that yeah your your ability is limited or like that the, the the power of those tests is just small yeah, yeah
2: and, and even then i mean for some conditions uh, even the best available special test is shit Right, yeah. and and you have no other you know that's our those, yeah. those are the tools of our trade, right we can't perform mm-hmm. an arthroscopy uh, in practice. We only have the orthopedic assessment test, and if the test yeah if the the quality is bad, it's still the best we have and and we have to make sure that we understand that and, yeah. uh, therefore we cover it yeah, just I've, to have yeah. the, the the big library and and yeah. Increase that awareness
1: yeah, I think at the end of the day uh, What you learn as well in the process is that there is just clinical uncertainty Yeah, you know and when you start out I think you do your tests and you do your patient history and you think Yeah, the tests are positive. So the patient has this This is a bit like a patient thinks because patients come into to clinical practice and they want to know what they have but at the end of the day there's just always uncertainty, and you can never be 100% sure you should just be able to kind of have an idea about how high your uncertainty is.
0: Yeah, yes. (laughs) Good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then, have there been any special tests that you completely just thrown in the bin after having
1: investigated them thoroughly no yeah i think uh as i yeah. movement tests yeah i knew yeah. i <laughs> <yeah. laughs> i <I'd> written down si yeah. S-
0: joint yeah, yeah of
1: course yeah.
2: <laughs> i mean the, the, the provocation <laughs> clusters i think we don't throw them out i think that's what you can do last let fund of earth maybe um yeah. but yeah you know fall of gilette or gilet um yeah yeah i think i things.
1: think in general all Tests that assess movement are pretty unreliable if they don't include uh, pain provocation Um, and Yeah, what 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 is super surprising to me is that uh, like the values for neurological assessment are Pretty poor But yet it's used it's still used everywhere also because it's our own only option to uh, kind of uh, yeah, I detect uh a paresis or or like uh, the, the radiculopathy. The, yeah, yeah, the radiculopathy basically. So but that's also really limited and still used everywhere in the world like it's the like it's a big yeah, or like yeah, it's, it's the like it's a standard, perfect yeah. test or like a gold standard, but it's really limited. So yeah. What so, else? Yeah.
0: And SI joint tests yeah. completely completely out of yeah. window and it's funny you mentioned that because Well we not the not the provocation
2: tests those are not out no.
0: oh yes yeah because like, was funny because I uh, when I did my masters is that on the assessment is that we'd gone we went through all of the um, SI joint static palpation landmarks trying to have a, a you know a specific um, like uh uh, anatomical diagnosis so whether this person has you know an upslip slip or backward sacral torsion wow. or uh, you know inanimate, anterior anonymous rotation all that kind of stuff and um, we didn't do any of the pain provocation tests and um, then when I did my lit review and I was shocked to, to find just how poor not just the kinetic motion screening test like the standing flexion Gillette but just static palpation alone that intertastic reliability was, was shit. as so I thought, if it's just static, is yeah. really shit. How I'm bad not. is it going to be when it comes to, to motion? <laughs> yeah. And when the motion we're talking about is mere millimeters anyway. Uh, yeah. this, this isn't, I thought, what, a, what an absolute waste of time that was.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. And then so, still, still if, you, if you find abnormalities, it still doesn't, you know, it's, it's in so many cases, just variety just a normal variety yeah, yeah. yes yeah, yeah. absolutely
2: yeah. um
0: so uh off off the back of that um i um, and i read i don't do you guys follow the sports video Adam Meekins. yeah yeah of
2: we of went course, to a yeah. course yeah, yeah. Oh, did you yeah, yeah great guy yeah. Yeah. yeah awesome yeah. awesome guy <laughs> I, <yeah. laughs>
0: He, li- he literally just tells it completely like it is. He's he's like the most controversial
2: uh. guy ever. He probably uh. hates <laughs> 99% of uh. our content.
1: No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> just, he just doesn't like manual therapy. But uh, yeah, his his term manual therapy or his definition is really broad. That's like, yeah,
2: uh, yeah.
1: From basically, he means everything that is hands on in some kind of way. No. yeah yeah whether, no. it's, whether it's soft tissue or joint moves no.
0: or, no. or whatever no. yeah i think i'd read one of his articles the other day or, or, or came back to it it was something like manual therapy is a complete waste of time and yeah. <laughs> all these comments like chiropractic osteopathic physio oh, i can't believe you said that no. <laughs> up, up in arms about it but uh one of the ones that i, that I did read where because it i really related to it when he was talking about the sij and um, those types of um, you know dysfunctional motion testing, and said that in his own education, he speaks to you know people, his his uh, his tutors, say, "Oh, can't you feel that slight you know inanimate torsion there?" And and you know the the and, and, and felt you know like he was questioning himself. Whereas in, in reality, when he actually looked through the evidence base, uh, and then found just how just how just how poor quality the. Yeah, you know, the validity, and reliability, etc., was on those tests, and and I started. It was off his article when he said that he still, you know, moderates a good uh, reliability and validity, and a, and, a, and in general, I think a better because it's not just the tests themselves, is it? It's how valid are the actual gold tests that they're that reference against. No. So so when he talked about the uh, pain provocation cluster, um, I started pretty much. And it was annoying because I'd spent all this time learning all these tests and then I was like, and they're all bollocks. So, oh. <laughs> so I switched to then pretty much sticking with the uh, with the pain provocations and uh, really helpful, though, because I know you guys have done videos on those. Oh. So thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> <this is always laughs> so um any anything else in terms of on that on that note of not just a special test, the special tests, but the the gold standard did you did you find through your kind of lit reviews and searching through the evidence any anything which was which struggled to have a, a a kind of decent gold standard to to base to base these special tests off
2: mm. i mean what's I mean, the, it really depends what what your outcome measure is, right? What the goal? Let's mm-hmm. consider the gold standard, the yeah. provoca- provocation tests, right? It's it's injections, yeah, analgesic injection, injections. Um, yeah, I think.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's also always a difference if you use surgery as the gold standard or if you use just imaging, because now yeah. we also know uh, if we take the example of. Um, disc herniations, I mean, if if we're going to look into, or if, if I'm going to have an uh, MRI done on my spine, you're most probably going to find, uh, or that you have a good chance of finding disc herniations uh, for set joint degeneration, and so that just, it always has to go together with the clinical presentation. Yeah, but I mean, in general, of course, like if you don't take the proper gold standard, and if you take a standard that is, yeah, also not ideal at detecting a pathology, then your index test will always be, yeah, look better than it actually is. Mm. Yes, yeah. yeah. Or it will just be, yeah, the, the whole picture will be distorted. No.
0: Any thoughts on uh, special tests for slap test?
1: Um We've published a cluster, cluster that's... Uh, yeah if you say so I
2: think Reimann at on 2010 yeah
1: Yeah. it's also in the uh, meta-analysis by hedges and yes yeah yeah he mentions two tests that's a combination of the passive distraction test and the active compression test of Mm O'Brien and it seems to be a relatively decent test cluster to both uh, confirm and rule out so Mm -hmm. Um, I think positive likelihood seven. ratio is around seven and negative is around point three three yeah. so it does seem that it's it yeah it does seem promising, but then huh, like oftentimes there's another r. c. t done and then it turns out that it's not that good, so uh yeah you always yeah. gotta be careful
0: uh. absolutely, and I think it's um it's definitely something where uh at least when I was going through my undergrad is that we spent a lot of time going over special tests, a lot of time, and you get to the point where it's sometimes quite hard to let them go um, when you've spent when you've invested so much time learning them in the no. first place. No, um, uh, it's uh, it's a, it's a it's a tricky one, isn't it? But obviously we all we all like like I know you guys are really really. Strong proponents, and we need more of these, especially like Adam as well. Is that we've got to, we've got to kind of fight against the dinosaurs and make sure the profession is continually evolving and staying current yeah. with with the evidence. But at the same time, you're like, oh, come on, man! Yeah. <laughs> 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 Why do we learn these? In the uh,
2: uh. Yeah, we we shouldn't attribute too much value, too much value at uh, If we're talking about slept, just to go back, I'm pretty sure I have a slept tear. I think we've lost the test yeah. we did. Uh, if if you do an O'Brien D- or dynamic label share, share test, if you do it with me, I think it's it's a positive test, let's put it like that, right? Yeah. I uh, also have sort of apprehension maybe in my shoulder. And if you if you know that the percentage, for example, of overhead overhead athletes or slap tears in overhead athletes is huge, uh, yeah. even in the general population, and they're all asymptomatic, yeah. yeah. So yeah. maybe it turns symptomatic, but and, and you find it with a test it's it was probably there beforehand uh before yeah. it was symptomatic exactly. and then
0: a lot of in, a lot of incidental findings yeah. right good stuff like that um yeah uh and uh, uh one thing i was going to um uh, mention off the back of that uh, uh as well is that i think that sometimes it's it's um i think there's a lot of people who really hang their hat On on special tests, and exactly like obviously you mentioned before, is that it's a whole, it's it's the entire clinical picture, right? And that if your if your your clinical history um, and the and the picture in general is suggesting one thing, but your special test is negative, you're not surely not going to throw out your whole Uh. diagnosis just purely based on that, and vice versa if it's positive um and that was that was something that i always try to bear in mind it's almost a little bit i think sometimes of uh, uh, trying to trying to uh uh let let go of the need to put so much emphasis on on special tests and and really remind ourselves that when it comes to when it comes to making a diagnosis it's to keep that whole big picture in mind and exactly like you couldn't put it better that it's just a small part of that of that whole clinical picture no, right no um cool so um one of the things which i thought would be particularly a particularly good question to ask you guys because um obviously you're doing your masters now and you're doing a shared ton of uh, research for the content is that uh, and also with with so much stuff going on and not a lot of time are there any effective and efficient ways that you found to stay current with the evidence base as you're as you kind of moving forward with stuff?
1: Um, yeah, I think the easiest way is to just engage uh, on social media, like to follow us, to follow other pages, and. Yeah. Um, yeah, another.
0: Just watch op- and
1: you'll be fine. Yeah. yeah, No, there's other <laughs> great, us. other great pages, of course, uh, as well. And uh, I think another great way that how you can stay up to date is to just subscribe to different jo- uh, journals that you find interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just put a yeah.